Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memories. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. Track of my life yeah. is I can't drive 55. No, that ain't it. <laughs> Oh, that yes, it is, buddy. <laughs> Sammy Hagar, baby. Let's rock and roll. Let's drive as fast as we can. I mean, I got the tickets to prove it. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, well, good morning to you guys. Uh, it is another episode of the Road FS podcast, and we are always having a good time. My name is Jody. And my name is Rod Pusey. He actually had to think about that. I so, did. I had to. I mean, I had to. Maybe, maybe I need to get you a name tag. So I can look down. <laughs> yeah. Coffee Who cup am or something. I? You look at a coffee cup and you're like, I am Leather Repair Company. No, that is not you. That's Richard and Carolyn. So. So today we have a awesome guest. And uh, Tate and Trout. How's it going? Detailing. Good morning. Morning. How are you guys? Doing good. How are no. you? Oh. Another day. Another day. <laughs> Another day. Another place on Facebook. So um, you are in Colorado. We're going to jump right into yep. things. You are obviously not as old as Jody. And um, at least I have hair. I got a little bit. So I don't know. My genetics will be gone. That's right. That's right. Baby. It's all good. It's you gotta, all part. You, gotta you just got to wear it off. Face, if, you're, yeah. if you're busy yeah. enough, you wear it off. That's it. So, so well, good morning. Go ahead. Um, let's talk about your story. Cause I know a lot of people are really intrigued by you and where you're at in your life. Yeah. So, let's just, hold on. Let's set the stage. You're 22. Yep. You have your own business. It's been running successfully. You just moved into a brand new shop. Yep. And I think a lot of people go, how the heck did he do that at 22? So let's hear your story. So, I mean, we can go as far back as what really started my work ethic, what really started my drive. Yeah. And when I was nine years old, I got my first job. I was irrigating for my grandpa, working on his farm and was doing that five to seven days a week, all summer long. And that really kind of pounded a hard work ethic into my head. And a lot of that came from my dad. Um, he always taught me growing up, if you want something, you got to work your butt off for it. So uh, when I was about 12, I guess, um, 11 or 12, I was talking to my dad and telling him about it. You know, I never had a summer, never got to go and hang out with all my friends or anything. And so he told me that I kept working, kept saving money. I would buy my first project car and me and him would rebuild it together. Because I was raised around project cars, raised in a shop. Um, we did all of our body work. We did all the paint, all the mechanical work. So I've been around cars since the day I was born. And that really kept me driven. Um, 
and that really pounded in my head like if I want something I got to work for it so that's just always been second nature to me um and then with cars I always knew that cars were something that clicked in my head and they always made sense to me like that was the only thing I could always remember about was cars so I was a mechanic for a couple of years right after high school before I started detailing and then I started detailing on the side and on weekends I was working five days of work five days a week as a mechanic weekends I go and detail cars out of the trunk of my car and then <clears throat> everything just kind of took off from there so I think a lot of it has been you know I had I idolized my dad a lot for pounding that into my head and when I was little, it was always like, oh, I don't want to go to work, you know? And then as I've gotten older and matured, it's, I definitely see the value in it. So. And that's how you lose your hairs when your dad's pounding it into your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's talk about something else. So let's switch over to, you said you had your first project car. What was that? It was a 1979 Z28 Camaro. There you go. <laughs> I have a Z I have a 1978 Z28 Camaro, but it's just the frame and the motor, and it's ripped apart and underneath the 57 Chevy. So, oh yeah, we were talking about that uh -huh. on the ride back from the airport. Yeah. Yep. So you're in Colorado. Is that where yep. you were born and raised? Is Colorado? Yep. I'm in a small town, small county. Um, I was born and raised in Brush. My shops in Fort my Fort Morgan, and then I live in Wiggins. So. Wiggins, Fort Morgan, and Brush, they're all, they're like 10, 15 minutes away from each other. So it's kind of one town, I guess, but it's. And what is it crazy. close to that people would know? Uh, I'm about Nothing. And a half east of Denver. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that. that, that yeah. You're like out in the flats, man. There's, yeah. there's not I'm much. The we call it the boonies. I'm out in the boonies. So let's talk about that because I think a lot of detailers are in a similar situation as you. They're in a smaller market. They're trying to figure out how to carve a, you know, a business out. You know, they like being from a small town. They love the work ethic. They love the environment. They want to mm -hmm. keep it home. Right. And so how did you figure out a way to, you know, carve out such a, you know, successful business at a young age and in a small town? Well, I think the biggest thing is you have to be able to learn your market. So I know in my area, two of the biggest things is agriculture and oil field. So I know that, you know, you, you'll obviously have to chase where the money is. Um, but in every town, every market, there's Everyone has a car. A lot of people have multiple. So if you can learn your market, you know, learn where your big money is at, but you also have, um, I guess you could call it like your bread and butter. You know, you have mm -hmm. just your average work, you know, you find your dealerships, you really just, you got to learn your market and figure it out and kind of chase what options you have. Um, so what is your bread and butter? <clears throat> mine would be, I have two used car lots that I do work for. 
So most of the time they have something for me if I'm slowing down, like during the winter, that's really the majority of my work is my dealership cars. And then, you know, you have your average customers that you're gonna see once every six months, maybe once a year um, for interiors, exteriors. So I guess that would be kind of more of my bread and butter is just the interior work, the, the consistent customers, you know, are you doing anything on the agricultural side with tractors and things like that? That's something I'm trying to get more into. Um, I've definitely, I've done quite a few tractors. I actually have two of my guys going out to do a semi today. Um, so I've messed with agriculture quite a bit, but even the guys that own these companies, own these farms, you know, they're, they've got, a lot of nice vehicles. I have one customer that has, he owns a company in the oil field and he's brought me three or four pickups now to cope. And he's been a huge, huge support for me because he started out the same way. But Yeah. So, so when we talk about that, and the reason I ask about your bread and butter is because a lot of people, um, obviously you and I have similar backgrounds in a sense that I was right out of high school. I was a mechanic. Um, and everybody always wanted to work on the, the cool cars, right? I mean, as a mechanic, yep. you want to be the one that, you know, I put a supercharger on this brand new Corvette type of thing. But my analogy is always, but what keeps the lights on is doing brake jobs on a Honda. Yep. So the same is true in the detailing industry. And I think that that's a really valuable thing that people should look at is you've got to figure out what it is that that, what is your bread and butter, right? That is, that is the question for everybody. And it, and it is market driven for sure. A hundred percent. If you're in the, um, you know, oil fields and you've got people that got high end cars or they got tractors or whatever, you got to figure out how to do that. And a lot of people, I don't know how to do what you're doing, which is jump in and out of the, um, the dealership world. Yeah. So dealers are different animal. They are oh. cutthroat. They're cheap. They want you to do everything for 50 bucks. And you just have to figure out how to play that game and still be profitable. Don't ever cut yourself short. So um, yeah. how have you, do you go out and actively seek them or do you have marketing that brings them to you? For dealerships or for? For dealerships. So one dealership, um, my first one, he came to me and I've been doing work for him since I started basically. And me and him were able to build a really, really good relationship. Um, he cut me off for a little bit just because they weren't getting as much work and they had their detailers and it was getting a little pricey. So we've had, you know, it's been off and on. And I agree some, you know, dealerships can definitely be cutthroat and they yeah done cheap and they want it done yesterday. And then if you're able to build a good relationship with them, you know, set your boundaries and let them know, you know, like, this is still my business. This is how I operate. This is how I do it. But mm -hmm. if you want to work together, I'll be more than happy to work for you or work with you. And yeah. I think that's the most important thing with dealerships is, you know, setting your boundaries and setting yourself up for success. Whereas if you go in, letting them walk all over you and telling you that they only want to pay 50 bucks for this interior and it's absolutely trashed and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Cause it's, you know, 50 bucks, 50 bucks, but you got to be able to set yourself up in a way that it doesn't come off as like 
you know, you're just chasing the money or you want to gouge the hell out of them because that's, they're not going to stand for that. They're not going to take that. Yeah. The other thing that I think people don't realize is with dealerships is um, sometimes you can work a package deal where it includes three or four things, but sometimes it's better a particular dealership to do it as an add on. You know, it's yeah. like do this for this much, but if you want the headlights done, it's an extra 65 bucks. And if you want the wheels coated, it's this much. And the add-ons can make a big difference because on their line items, everything is, you know, uh, less expensive than the whole kit at, you know, 375. So mm-hmm. it just depends on how their budget and how their mar- um, their internal accounts payable works so you need to work yeah. with what we said build that relationship that's the most important thing with the dealership work is the relationship with them and make sure that you are not selling yourself short so no yeah. one to walk away so i have a question for you and and i think a lot of business owners struggle with this um you know you mentioned that at one point the dealership pulled away right so how did you one whether the financial dip but also how did you respond with the customer because it's easy to get defensive and, Oh, you know, may, let me, let me rush to lower my prices instead of, as you pointed out, holding your boundaries, setting the expectation. So how did you work through that dip? Well, with my dealerships, I've never, I've never really counted on it as guaranteed income. So, you know, if they, if they want to pull out or like this week, I had some open days and I texted both of them and told them that I could get some work in for them. And both of them said they didn't have anything. So it sucks a little bit because you're like, well, I can always fall back on my dealerships. But if you start falling back on them too much, then that time that they're like, no, we don't have anything or, you know, we're going to take a break for a little bit. If you are relying on it and you have that in your head, that, you're relying on it, then when that happens, I think you have a lot, it has a lot more of an impact. But if you kind of just use it as, you know, if they book, they book. If not, then it's not that big of a deal. You know, you'll figure it out. You'll find something else. Someone else will come along and want to book something, you know. Um, Like for this week, like I said, I had quite a few openings because of the rain. We've been getting the nonstops. So I haven't had as many people hit me up here recently as I normally do during the summer. So I try to fall back on those dealerships and they said they didn't have anything. So I posted a special saying I'm running 10% off on my interiors. And just like that, within a day, day and a half, the rest of the week was fully booked. Yep. And I think that's the key is having multiple things. I mean, everybody talks about diversification. You hear it all the time as far as investing and everything else, but you do have to diversify what you're doing. I mean, if you've got a mobile, um, uh, I use this example because I met a guy in Florida. If you had a mobile pressure washer, you know, in the, in the off times, you can actually go pressure wash patios and houses and different things and figure out how to use your skills and what you already have to go do other stuff. Um, because there's so many people that just, you know, jump on Facebook and go, Hey, how do you guys market? I'm out of work. I don't have any jobs. And instead of that, it's try to figure out your market, try to figure out what it is you can do within your market and go try to do something that's complementary to what you're doing. Um, which I think the agricultural part of that is, is excellent. Is there a lot of off-road stuff where you guys are at side by sides and things like that? Uh, yes and no. Um, 
it's not too terribly big, but there definitely is some around here. Um, it's like boats. We have a lake probably about five minutes away from my house mm. and quite a few people that lake is constantly booked up, but the boats that, you know, people are going to be getting detailed or coded. It's pretty slim. The market for boats around here is pretty slim. It's here, but it's slim. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing with the side-by-sides and stuff like that. Yeah. So you'd have to market a special, you know, thing yeah. to, get to draw, to draw the attention to that. So, so what, what are you, um, you know, starting out in it and then I kind of know the answer to this. So I, I'm kind of leading you into this, but <clears throat> based on the fact that you started this when you were in high school, basically, and, and right out of high school, did you ever even think twice about it or was it just kind of a natural gut dive in and go? Well, when I started doing it on the side, um, I kind of started by accident. Um, I was working in dealerships and at these dealerships, we had a car break truck come by all the time. So after work, we were able to wash our cars, clean them up if we wanted to. And I found a few car break products that I really liked. So I bought some off the truck the next time he came because I was always cleaning my own cars. And then my brother made a joke one time that he'd pay me to clean his car. And I was like, yeah, I can use the extra hundred bucks or whatever. So I did his car August 12th of 2020. That was the first, my first actual detail. And then the next weekend I did another family members. And then the next weekend I did another family members. And I was going around doing all these families and all this family friends vehicles and just kind of using whatever little stuff I had. I was using my girlfriend mom's vacuum and she got mad that I was stealing it every weekend. So <laughs> my girlfriend Tori, she gave she bought me my first vacuum, which really helped me out. And uh it was never really like, you know, as I started doing it, I was like, oh, you know, this is a really good side hustle. At the time I still wanted to be a mechanic. So I was like, this is a really good side hustle, extra mm -hmm. money on the weekends. You know, I have project cars, so project cars are expensive, as we all know. They so are. I was like, well, I can use this money to throw out my cars and then use my, you know, biweekly paycheck for my bills. And then it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then I got the last shop I worked at because I hopped around a few different mechanic shops. Um, the last shop I got, I worked at, I got laid off and at this time my detailing business was a little bit bigger it wasn't anything that it is now but it was the beginning of summer and i was like well you know i'll just go for it i'll see what happens i'll just keep detailing and see what happens and i partnered with uh, another detailer here in town and was working with him a couple days a week because i was really scared about not having a guaranteed income right for my bills that was kind of the biggest thing and then he helped me out and for about a month i worked with him a couple days a week and did my own on the side and then after that month i was so busy i didn't have time to go out and help him anymore that's so awesome. everything has just kind of <laughs> grown organically and i was i've just kind of ran with it you know yeah so so what have you learned you know looking back in the process i mean real i mean you're a three-year-old business 
and yeah. three you're three years into it and you've already built you've already bought your own shop so what are some key things that have really helped you grow as a business owner and a business i would say um two of the biggest things that i've that have helped me grow my business and grow myself is learning my market and learning the industry. So when I um, started going to MT and SDC, I started meeting a lot of people in the, in the industry, making a lot of mentors and friends and talking to them whenever I had questions or just talking about business or how I should be doing something that has helped me out tremendously having mentors and people to look up to that have built amazing businesses that I aspire to be like one day. And that has helped more than anything. Awesome. So, so and speaking mm. of mentors, you know, we need to put our detailers of the round table hat on, you know, give a shout out to Mike and uh, Kirk Evans and uh, Billy Vargas for trying to create an environment, uh, a group, of mentors and like-minded detailers that are really trying to rally around each other, provide opportunities to do business, also provide opportunities to learn and to grow and to mentor each other. And it's when you create these kind of mentorship groups, you know, it really elevates, right? Because it's not about, you know, going, we're the best. It's about how do we make the industry the best and how do we make your business the best so that you can thrive and we can create, you know, a mark on the industry in a positive light and impact our thing. So shout out to detailers of the round table. We know you're part of that group. So. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike and Kirk have been awesome. Um, detailers of the round table was something I was really excited about to see the industry because being newer to the industry, I'm, I wouldn't say vulnerable or gullible, but I am to an extent, you know, I'm new, I'm young. So having this organization and being a part of this organization that is truly motivated to better the industry and unify the industry has been tremendous. Yep. And, and I think that that is a real, um, that's a real trend. There's so many people that want the industry to be better and want it to be positive. And this is a really good, um, opportunity to do that. It was uh, the, you know, meeting at SDC this year, um, the show was pretty light, but the, the camaraderie and the, just the opportunity to meet, you know, Mike and be with Kirk and, and, and the guys that are doing this, it was, it was a really good situation. So, um, how I, I got to jump back, got to jump back. Cause all we've mentioned it like six times, your, your new shop, how big is your shop? How many square feet? I have 4,000 square feet of shop and about a little over 7,000 square feet of property. Holy Hannah. Yeah. You're planning wow. on growing. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's split up into two. I don't know if you guys got to watch my Facebook live. Yep. yep. So I, the side that I'm mainly working out of right now, is where my wash bay is where my floor drains at and then there's a wall that splits it down the middle and the other half is just wide open but it needs some work it needs a ceiling needs lighting needs quite a bit so my plan is to start in this side and grow this side get it up to 
how I want it and then work on the other half of it and get it up and going and lighted and all that stuff. So, and then attached to me is a body shop and it's all the same guy that owns it all. So I'm hoping within a reasonable, reasonable amount of time, I'll be able to buy the body shop too. And at that point, I think I'll have, uh, I think it's eight to 10,000 square feet. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good idea because, you know, as far as income goes, then you can, you can lease it out to somebody that's doing body work. And then you have work when their cars come out of the body shop and you have money from rent. So good, good strategy. Wow. I I love your vision. I love, love the way that you're positioning yourself for long-term success. So, yeah, I think that's, it's been a flaw, but it's also been very helpful about how much I overthink the future. You know, I'm, I'm very bad at, you know, looking at what I've got going on right now. I still can, but in my mind is always, what am I going to do next? How am I going to grow? You know, what's, yeah. what's next for trap detailing? Yeah. And I think that that is, um, that's something that's really common in the detailing industry is there's a lot of people that are, uh, overthinking, OCD, ADD. Um, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. All the D's, all the A's, all the, so that, that, that can help you. I mean, that can actually help you in certain ways to, to deal with that stuff. And that, you know, speaking from experience. So, um, you got some comments coming in, but, but let's, let's talk right before we, before we wrap it up here, let's talk about, um, your uh <clears throat> there you go mike rines <clears throat> let's talk about your uh future and trainings and things you're planning on doing to bring more value to your business because i know we talked a little bit about it at sdc but yeah so detailers of the round table um i was a part of I've been with detailers of the round table since the beginning and not a lot of people know this, but when Mike and Kirk came out to my shop, tell me with that camper and boat and all that, all that work that we did, that was kind of the concept training. So that was really when detailers of the round table really lit up and really, you know, went from just an idea on a piece of paper to, you know, we can actually do this and this is what it's going to be like. So, being there since the beginning that's how i was able to become a certified knight and i know there's more trainings coming up um i'm not sure when i'm not i'm mike and kirk they're doing amazing things with it and i'm just kind of you know whenever they tell me something they tell me but detailers of the round table trainings is definitely something i want to be a part of um Mm -hmm. Getting IDA certified, that's on my to-do list. I got that scholarship at SDC. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was super cool. So that was that was awesome. So getting certified with the IDA is, I think, the next thing on my roster. Um, and then really whatever trainings I can find, um, you know, I try to take as many opportunities as I can. I love mm-hmm. going to the shows but the trainings, they're just, 
it's a lot different than just going to SDC. Yeah, it really is because you get so many opportunities to learn different aspects of the industry, things you thought you might not ever do. You know, I know I I watch a lot of people that are doing the trainings and and just going to a one day training or a two day training. I know that there's been so many of them over the past um, hundred years that we've been involved in this (laughs) that um, uh, we were able to do. You know, I've done one with Jason Kilmer, the sanding thing. It was just an incredible training at the rag company. Um, Some stuff with Mike Phillips, um, you know, uh, down at Bugco Down Distributing. In, oh, my gosh. Uh, Rennie's class. Yeah, Rennie's yeah. class. And then at the Rupes Training Center with Sarah and yeah, uh, there it is. Rose. And and I got a little aircraft uh, training with IGL. Yep. So shout out to them. I mean, it's, yeah, there's so many great so opportunities. I think that's really key is take the opportunity to do any training you can do. You know, PPF, you were doing some PPF stuff. That's a different animal altogether. <sighs> Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, IGL is going to, because they're diving into marine and uh, there are a lot in the agricultural, that there's a lot of training opportunities in there. And I think that that's a real missed industry. Agricultural is a, is a missed industry because those pieces of equipment are, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're wanting to preserve them for yeah. long periods of time. So, um, and boat training, I mean, you've got opportunity with the details of the round table to, to be in there with Nathan Warren, one of the premier boat detailers um you know out there so yeah a lot of opportunities and i think that's that's the key is take advantage of those opportunities um the other thing that we always ask everybody but i'm gonna ask it a little differently because usually our question is what would you tell these young guys that are coming up <laughs> so in your case <laughs> so you'd be talking to the detail talking to kid. yourself right, you'd be talking to the detail kid yeah. which but the who's question already who's already there. Yeah. yeah. The question is, what would you tell anybody of any age, you know, as they're coming into this, what are, what are some things you would give people an opportunity to do? Cause there's a lot of people I think that are stagnant that are stuck. I think there's two quotes or two ideas that run through my head constantly things that I'm guilty about. Um, the first one is a quote from a movie I can't tell you which movie um but it goes whenever it feels scary to jump that's exactly when you jump because if not you'll stay in the exact same place forever so i've always used fear to drive me um you know with buying this shop everyone always asks me are you know are you scared are you scared i'm like it's just another thing it's just another thing i gotta do to grow you know you wake up you go to work every day that's all there is to it and you focus on yourself, you know, focus on your business, on your mental health, on your physical health, on your relationships, you know, there's a lot that plays into it. So make sure you stay focused on that. And the other thing that I'd say is comparison is the thief of joy. So don't compare yourself to others, you know, be like, don't be like, well, this guy, you know, he's the same age as me. We've been doing it for the same amount of time. And he's doing so good that, you know, he, he makes me look like I'm just poking along. That's not how it is. Everyone's life is different. Everyone's business is different. Everyone's market is different. You know, you can do good things within yourself that are still going to compare to the other people that are doing amazing things, you know. Yep. So don't let that... Awesome take away your happiness. Yep. 
No, I, I, I love that. Those are awesome that. quotes. That's because one of the biggest things I always say is you, you, you have to give somebody the permission to make you ha ha happy, sad, take away your joy, whatever. Don't give people the permission to do that. And that is, you know, somebody else succeeding is great. Be, feel happy for them. That's, that's freaking awesome, man. That's awesome. How can I, how can I do something in my business or in my life that can help me get there, not tear them down or take away from what they're doing because it's, it's an, ins use it as an inspiration. And that's what I always tell people, you know, with, cause a lot of people, you know, you're the topic of conversation obviously because of your, um, your age, but also because of your, your just demeanor, you're kind of a neutral, you don't have this super like, Wah! you know or super low or you know so that i think that that is were you implying something about you yeah absolutely um so that's all good i think that's the thing is to take I that as take an inspiration it. and look at it i mean that's what like when i go to car shows and things i look at cars as an inspiration i don't look at them as an envy thing i don't look at somebody that's got this four hundred thousand dollar professionally built car and be like oh man i can't afford that i look at it and go what can i do that they've done how can i teach myself to do that right you know i've taught yeah. myself a lot of stuff on automotive that uh, I try to figure out how I, how can I do that? How can I, how can I learn how to do lead work? You know, that's the old school. <clears throat> Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, damn, this younger generation is awesome. I feel like I'm listening to a guy that's been detailing for 30 years. Keep it up. Sarah's yeah, another great Sarah's one. Sarah's in a, in a really, really difficult market. And she takes the, the, takes her market strategy to her actual area. And I think that that is the thing is just, Man, use everybody as an inspiration and and be kind to everybody else and just learn and grow together. And that's what I'm really excited about, Detailers of the Roundtable. Um, yes. You know, the, it's just, it's so positive. And I'm glad we got an opportunity to meet you before SDC and then talk yeah. to you about afterwards. Yeah, that so that was great. And, and I hope we get an opportunity to be uh, around you in some of the trainings later on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what the future holds. Um, with Sarah, I got to meet her a few weeks ago when Onyx was at the Rupes headquarters. And I didn't get to make it to that training, but mm. I went up, I think it was Thursday night or something, because Carlos Galan was there. Yep. So I went up and had dinner with him and got to hang out with Carlos while he was in my state, which is pretty rare for me. I don't feel like I yeah. ever get to see anybody in Colorado. I always see him elsewhere. Um, so I got to hang out with Sarah and actually have a conversation with her. And she is, Sarah is an amazing person, detailer, just everything. She's yeah. that's yeah. Awesome. the whole Rupes team that, is. And so oh, that's what, yeah. you know, that's, She's that's a great best. place to go to do that. Also the Sarah that's making comments on here is, is a great person too. Oh, uh, I was talking about the wrong Sarah. Yeah, no, this is Sarah Riles. This is, uh, and, Oh, Sorry. Everything on here. Now you're yeah, talking. No, we were talking no, about Sarah, Sarah Rupes too. Dude, so you don't know you're not. They're, they're both Sarahs, great. man, are just hitting it out of the park. Yep. And so, I think yeah. that's the key is to take pieces from everybody around the country. I mean, you're not you're not in Florida, but you can take cues from somebody in Florida and use that in your own business. So Man, we could probably talk yeah, for we five hours on this stuff. I'd love to see your shop. Maybe Jody and I'll cruise down there one of these days and uh, yeah. tour of Colorado up through the roof yeah, again be fun. and, and so, do that. So, well, that's super yeah, come cool. Check it out. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, yeah, come check it out. You guys are ever around. 
Yeah, we'd we'd love to be there. So well, and we're gonna be everywhere. So yeah, we are always. Wait, you know, last week we were at Hidden Springs, uh, at the uh, cruising in Hidden Springs uh, Auto Show. It was fantastic. Uh, I mean, Sydney Breguin does a phenomenal job, and people came in from all over the country to help and participate. Mm -hmm. uh, we have AFO coming up in uh, July, yep. and then I got an Im invite to go to an Onyx training in Rogers, Arkansas, that we'll be in in August. And then September, we're See, supposed, well, we're to, be supposed to be doing an IDA detail. shop crawl here in Idaho with uh, the rag company and Sydney detail doctor detail and eyewash and a whole bunch of people. And then we'll be at SEMA, of course. So we're going to be all over everywhere. And we did last spring, we actually just did a surprise drop in at um, Rupes. We were there for two days. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we did it. We did it great. So we're, we're planning some stuff and we're going to be bopping around and you'll see us everywhere. But go out and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Facebook. Go talk to Mr. Trout Detailing. Dayton. Let's throw that up one it's more right time. There. Trout Detailing LLC is the Facebook. Uh, we got the website going on down there. Get a hold of Tayton. Ask him any questions that you have about his company and business. You got one more comment coming in. And of course, you got to make sure that you like, share, and subscribe every single episode because you, gotta, you know I got to get rid comment. of the scroller. I know I'm getting the comment. Oh, there you go. The banner that's scrolling by. Sometimes, you know, I'm trying to talk and do there you uh, go. the mouse at the same time. And we don't have a, yes, an assistant. Yes, Aegis training. Yes, I want yeah. to be there, Jaden. So is that an invite for us? We would love to be there. So we'll go. All right. We'll go. So anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Tayton, thank you for your yep. time and sharing your amazing story. Me. And uh, next week we have something really cool. Um, we're actually taking a very serious uh, discussion next yep. week, um, and we're looking forward to that. We're going to be talking about women in the detailing industry, and we also have... We are rolling out a brand new thing. Um, it is what we're calling the sponsor shout-out. It is something... Mike Carlin, we're coming. IGL, we're going. Um, <laughs> it is something that we are calling the uh, sponsor shout-out, and it is not paid. So we are trying to do something different in the industry. We are just going to do a sponsorship of our show uh, at no cost, and we're just going to call out a, a good companies. So um, next week is the first one. We'll roll it out. We'll explain it a little more then. But basically, uh, it's just companies that do good stuff that we are going to highlight, highlight for that week. And uh, it's just in the name of making the industry a better place. So tune in for that and get a hold of us if you want to know what that's all about. And we will talk to you next week. See ya! Yeah. That was